feeling good on the inside is all about looking good on the outside. This is They're All Going to Laugh at Him, episode 31. I'm Alex Sprague. And I'm Jess Geyer. Uh, what movie did we watch today, Alex? We watched The House Bunny. Mm-hmm. And uh, I have seen this movie before. Um, I actually might have even seen it in theaters because I had originally thought it was one of the movies that I saw at a sleepover. I think I actually saw this in in a theater. This would have been a little late for you to just like, I, I guess not to see a sleepover. Well, you would have been junior or senior in high school, but it doesn't seem like a, a late high school movie to me. No, no, no. I probably, I, I, I probably did see it in a theater. Um, yeah. Uh, this is a podcast where we are watching every single Adam Sandler and Adam Sandler adjacent movie every day in a row for 60 days. Uh, it's a, it's a lot of movies, but we are over halfway there now. Um, why? Why? Why this many movies? Well, it's to decide on one thing, and it's if Adam Sandler deserves all the hate, which is interesting because Adam Sandler's not in this movie, nor did he write this movie. But his company, Happy Madison Productions, did produce it. Therefore, it gets one scene in Leia's star, and it can help us decide if Adam Sandler deserves all the hate. Yeah. Uh, actually, this movie was made by, well, it was written by the writers of one of my all-time favorite movies, Legally Blonde, and one of my other all-time favorite movies, Ten Things I Hate About You. Well, so it seems like they work together on all their movies. Is that right? Uh, Karen McCullough and Kirsten Smith. It seems like it, but I don't know. Maybe they've done other movies that aren't listed on the IMDb page. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, probably. Um, but yeah, so they've they've only really came out with good things, as far as I can tell. Um, that said, I've never even heard of The Ugly Truth, but if it stars Gerard Butler, it's probably bad. <laughs> I haven't heard of it either. Um, oh, it has <laughs> Catherine Heigl... And Gerard Butler. His character's name is Mike Chadway. <laughs> that, uh, it just sounds bad. That's that's terrible. Yeah, yeah. I do want to see this uh, other thing they wrote called the Splenectomy. Oh, they wrote Ella Enchanted. She's the man. These guys are these guys are um well at least uh, Karen McCullough did. She wrote She's the uh, Man and Ten Things I Hate About You, which are both Shakespeare adaptations. And apparently there's a Spice World sequel coming out, and I cannot be more excited about that. I thought they were all legally dead. The Spice Girls? Yep, I just kind of assumed that, that you know, the 90s had to stop and they just kind of had them put out to pasture. No, they're they're very popular still. <laughs> <laughs> very popular they're very popular yeah they're victoria beckham like Come on. so you're saying being very popular is being a ex-football player's wife don't be american-centric alex think about the brits i mean they don't have a lot I going refuse. on for them their, what, their queen is the- like 120 years old like they like old things okay well a get rid of the matriarchy a m a b all, or, all, I didn't all mean matriarchs are bad. I, I, I meant uh, monarchy. <laughs> royalty, monarchy. I, I, gotcha. I, I meant monarchy. Uh, all monarchies are bad. Yeah, you shouldn't have a ruling class. That's. <laughs> um, I don't have a problem with matriarchies. <laughs> yeah, monarchies are bad. Yeah, um, ruling classes are bad. Um, 
Yeah, republics are bad. I, you know, there's a lot of bad stuff out there. There's probably more bad versions of government than good. Um, and actually, I'm gonna throw it out here at the beginning. I think sororities and fraternities are bad. I think they I, do more I harm think than so good. too. Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, I mean, that comes from a lot of personal experience. It, I'm not like jaded and didn't get into a, a fraternity, but like I've been in contact with a lot of fraternities and sororities. And they do a lot more bad than good. And they do a very good job of keeping uh, rich kids kids separated from the rest of the people so that they can give each other jobs and keep, you know, the upper class and the upper class. It Holy is a perpetuating is cycle. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I remember <laughs> hearing some, some kid we were friends with. He was spending uh, two and a half grand a month to live at the fraternity house. With like living there and dues and food, and we were just like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" <laughs> that's that's more, of course, more than I've paid for rent in my life. Um, you know, for per month, rent, food, and everything combined. I couldn't even imagine, you know, telling my parents, "Oh, I need fucking twenty k a year to be in a fraternity." Yeah. But whatever. That's not really what we're gonna get into. But there is some sorority stuff in this. Um, I laughed eighteen times. Yeah, I didn't think it there was wasn't that a lot funny. of not a lot of laugh out loud moments. I I, I did it's, find the movie very enjoyable though. Yeah, it's more inherently funny than it is like joke setup. Mm-hmm. It's um, much more like a rom com kind of yeah. thing, like where there there will be comedic moments in it, but that's not like the center of the movie. Yeah, I think it's a lot like Legally Blonde in that aspect. Although, yeah. I definitely laughed harder at certain scenes in Legally Blonde. I know that for sure. Legally Blonde is just a better movie all around. It's yeah, a, a great movie. Um, it's better acted and it's better written, I think. But mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what do you think the audience score and the critic score is for this one? Well, are you going to tell me about the sand layer for this one? Already did. That oh. was earlier. Oops. Well, I think, this is what I think about critic reception. I think that critics like Emma Stone more than they hate Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to give it a, mm, a 40% for critics, actually. I think that's really high. That's going to end up being really high. And I think that audience enjoyed it like a 60%. Critics were at 43%. Oh, my God. I'm a genius. And audiences were at 50%. That's Pretty I blame I blame I don't know who I blame. <laughs> um I mean I th- I think Anna Ferris went for it so the movie's pretty good on that behalf. I think most of the movie though fell flat. Um any scene with like Hugh Hefner in it was just bad. Yeah. Um, I agree. That subplot of some girl in the Playboy Mansion hating her didn't work well. But it was parallel. Um, they just didn't develop uh, it enough, but it was yeah. parallel to something else that was happening in the movie. Um, the the relationship Anna Ferris has doesn't uh, isn't satisfying at the end. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I wouldn't recommend it, but I think it's better than, like, the animal. I think mm. I'm actually, I'm really, kinda, I'm not, I used to say, like, if it's anything worse than the animal's not worth watching, and that was kind of, like, my go-to. But like this is better than the animal. I still wouldn't recommend anyone watch See, it. See, I don't I don't think that you're the target audience though, because I yeah. would recommend other people watch it. 
Um, really, there's there's nothing for uh, there's nothing for me to learn from this. Yeah, girls should be uh, smart and also that- maybe shower. That's two things guys like. Let me let me sum it up for you. Okay. Uh, Shelly, played by Anna Ferris, was an orphan who was never adopted because she, I don't know, was weird, I guess. Uh, but then she grew up hot and people it, liked it, her. It said she was ugly as well. Yeah. She grew up hot and people liked her and she became a Playboy bunny living at the Playboy Mansion. After her 27th birthday party, though, she gets a note saying that she needs to move out of the Playboy Mansion. Uh, she becomes homeless and actually ends up in jail, but then she learns what sororities are. After failing to join Phi Iota Mu, the rich sorority, and also be- and also failing to become a house mother for said sorority, she's told to go to Zeta to try to be the house mother there. Uh, Zeta needs 30 pledges or they are going to lose their house. Um, they are a sorority full of kind of like misfits and they only have seven members right now. Um, they're, they're not popular. They don't think that they're going to get those 30 pledges. Uh, the, Nat- the sorority is run by Natalie, played by Emma Stone. She agrees to take on Shelly as their house mother when she sees that Shelly is good at attracting guys, which is what she thinks that they need in order to get pledges. Shelly also meets Oliver, uh, who runs a nursing home. And she gives all the Zeta girls makeovers and then has them go to the nursing home to volunteer um, and giving Oliver the proceeds from the calendar photo shoot that they made. Um, Zeta House is becoming very popular. They're becoming kind of a party house. Um, and things look pretty good for the sorority because lots of people want to join. But Shelly's dates with Oliver don't go well. The first time she tries to be like the same way she is at the Playboy Mansion, probably with the guys there, like trying to be overly sexy and stuff, burns her legs on steam coming out of a manhole, uh, doing a Marilyn Monroe um, and the second day, she goes the complete opposite end. She, like, doesn't wear any makeup. She wears a cardigan. She wears glasses that give her, uh, that make her head hurt and get, make her dizzy. Um, and only tries to talk about nerdy stuff and, and also doesn't act like the way that she actually is. Um, coming back from the second date, Hugh Hefner calls. Turns out Marvin, the Playboy Mansion drink-mixing himbo, was coerced by a mean girl, Cassandra, at the mansion to get her kicked out. And Hef wants her to be the Miss November centerfold, which is the thing that she wanted at the beginning of the movie. She says no, though, because she feels at home with Zeta. And meanwhile, the Zeta girls, and by meanwhile, I mean like literally that same scene, uh, the Zeta girls have been looking through their new pledges and are being really judgy. Uh, but Lily, who is the member who never talks, ends up yelling at them for being shallow. So when Shelly comes in, they all blame her for what happened, and she apologizes and leaves and, and calls Hef back uh, to say that she will do the photo shoot. Um, Zeta, they, they end up feeling bad about that, so they kind of go like, they say that they're going to be half Shelly, half themselves. Um, they kind of do like another makeover. Um, and... Uh, they say that they are going to randomly pick 30 pledges and just be centered around sisterhood. At the photo shoot, the Playboy photo shoot, Sh- Shelly's, heart, uh, Shelly's heart just isn't into it, uh, but Marvin has called the Zeta girls and they welcome her back. Unfortunately, all of the pledges had been stolen by Phi Iota Mu in a form of competitive trickery because they want the Zeta house. So they rush over to the Panhellenic meeting and Shelly gives a speech 
and asks for pledges. And 29 girls pledge, and at the last minute, the second in command of Phi Iota Mu pledges, and they're able to save the house. And in the end, Oliver asks Shelly out again, as like a kind of a form of a second chance. The Zeta girls throw Shelly a party, and the movie ends with the absolute worst end end credits sequence that I've ever had to watch in my life with an original song. Yeah, that ending was, uh, well, it's about as bad as my actual opinion of, like, what sororities and fraternities look like. Um, and before we get into the themes, can I tell you a rabbit hole I fell down for a little bit there? Sure, what? It's it's the reaction on the website Greek Chat, which is a message board for people who are in fraternities and sororities, who... <laughs> Who are upset that they were represented badly in this movie. Um, (laughs) It's mostly from members of Phi Mu. Who uh, believe Phi Iota Mu was representing them badly. And one of them even emailed the head of Phi Iota Mu. And then posted the response into the forum to let people know what they think of the movie. Can you please read? Oh my god, yes. Uh, this is in response to a girl named Erin, E-H-R-E-N. Is that Erin? Yeah, it sounds like it. All right. Erin, our attorneys have been working on this film since it was brought to our attention over two years ago. That's one of the reasons that one of the chapters is called Phi Iota Mu. Supposedly, we are not shown in a quote-unquote bad light. Thank you for your concern. Just remember, don't buy a ticket. That would be supporting the movie. And especially, tell your male friends not to due to the movie. That's what they write. I didn't do that. It looks like a very stupid movie, but sex sells, so we'll have to see. Have you ever watched Greek on TV? Please don't. That's another <laughs> poor person's opinion of Greek life. Wait, what? Yeah, that's another poor person's opinion of Greek life. It's what they wrote. Thanks again for caring. Jane, uh, of the... What's, what's, what's this O... Oh, uh, yeah, that's probably uh, the the Phi Mu uh, A Delta chapter. The irony, um, the absolute irony of saying this movie doesn't represent us well. This is what, this is what the pores the think of us. This is what the think of us. No, poor people think you're way worse. Are you kidding? There's not a oh good story. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. You could not write... That sounds like a script from a movie. So good. I mean, that was like the worst thing I read here. Um, This person's um, a a different person. Oh, yeah. That person's name is Phi Mu Lady 3 in Greek chat, if anyone wants to be fans. Um, And then this uh, Greek chat member, Pretty in Pink, uh, just has a tagline at the end of their stuff that says, Proud to be a Phi Mu, classier than you since 1852. Just, you know, they're classier than you. Gotcha. Um, there's so one or two funny. people in that. Wow, there's a lot of people. Pretty and pl- pink, proud and, or pink and proud 07, crowns and glory. This just seems like some bad names in my, baby pink Florida. What are these names? One hand, okay. one heart. Pink Sir Fidel. That's just a pro Castro name right there. Five I... new alumni, love, honor, truth. 
Dreams do come true when you are an American. Congratulations, President and Vice President-elect Barack Obama, Joe Biden. All right, so it's a little old. That, that's weird that that's in their tagline, though, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, what oh, my end? gosh. Okay, hold on, hold on. <laughs> what I, I found. Every we- I'm going to end every email with dreams do come true when you're an American. Congratulations, President and Vice President-elect Barack Obama, and Joe Biden. <laughs> that, <laughs> that is very good. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, this is from the subreddit r slash fret. Oh my it, god. It is the sorority roast thread for FIMU. I, I want to first list the rules for the roast that are posted in in this uh, in this thread. Uh, basic rules. Uh, number one, the aim of the thread is to only talk about the sorority in the title. Wait until it's that sorority's turn to roast them. Two, put some effort in. LOL, Theta, and Who aren't roasts. They're a TFM comment section post at best. Three, if you have a story slash roast about a chapter at your school, that's fair game. Roasts don't have to be about the fraternity on a national scale. Four, we're going in alphabetical order. And five, this is for fun. Don't be a geed and get pissed off over internet comments. I don't know what geed means, but... Yeah, let's, anyway. uh, let's see what that word means in case it's bad. Um, Goddamn independent. Garage, derogatory term for members of Greek life against others who are able to maintain a... Oh, it's it's like a, a term you use for people who aren't uh, affiliated with the Greek life. So it's, we're geeds. <laughs> it's just a way to, you know, make a slur of the other. All of you, okay, they are very bad. Never mind. This I thought it was going to be a lot funnier, but it's just FIMU jokes. That's all. Like, calling them cows. That's literally the only joke they have. They have no more jokes. Yeah. Um, anyway, fraternities suck. Uh. <laughs> yeah, you can see the type of people that uh, join it. Um, it's unoriginal people who have been given everything. Um, that's that's part of the reason this movie, I it doesn't work for me, just like having a sorority um, and then having the sorority of like misfits as they call themselves be like this up and coming thing. It's like not, I don't know. It just doesn't hit very well, especially I think because have you seen the movie neighbors? Yeah. Well in that Dave Franco and whatever the other guy are do such a good job of being a outwardly shitty fratty people who are actually very nice and trying to like help each other that it kind of like, that's the only version of a movie frat i ever need again is is this like obviously it's not a realistic version of it but anything else kind of falls flat um i don't know it's just like they tried to make it like this one lady is mean and her mom's mean and not like there's a systemic thing about making like this terrible um yeah i guess there's a little bit about that in the like the attaining beauty aspects of it (sighs) I mean, that's all, like, the patriarchy stuff, though. Yeah. um, That and I... Their goals didn't work for me, I think, is the big thing. It's because every character basically wanted to find a partner. um, And no one... uh, None of the main characters turned out happy to to grow or anything without one. um, Or even really seemed to grow or anything. Yeah, I I disagree on that because I don't think that I think Shelley would have been just fine if Oliver had never called her again. I think it would have been just fine for her. Uh they like they, they if they had an after thing where um 
you know, Oliver could have even said, like, if she had called and said, like, I was in Playboy, I didn't go to Peru, I was just trying to study to impress you because I know you like smart people, um, but, like, I'm, I'm not very book smart. Something like that, like, or that she's trying. If he had said, like, yeah, I know you were in Playboy, I've seen it, I never <laughs> had a problem with that, I had a problem with you lying to me. Mm-hmm. That, that yeah. would have been an, a good ending. Um, yeah, I would have liked that better for sure. But I don't think that she felt like she wasn't complete without a guy. I, I think that that is her whole lesson in this movie is that the male gaze is not what defines her. It's all about her trying to figure out this idea of family, meaning sisterhood in this case, um, instead well, of kind of this false acceptance. Which is why them ending the movie literally on a scene where she gets together with a guy doesn't work too well for me. Well, it doesn't end with a scene where he oh, where yeah, she I'm literally sorry. gets a guy. <laughs> then there's a music video. That's the important part. Uh, <laughs> no, I, I agree. Yeah. I, also, um, Emma Stone's uh, uh, man in this. Do you realize who that guy is? Oh, I, no. I finally figured it out. Who? It's the lead singer from All American Rejects. That is so fitting considering <laughs> the the soundtrack to this movie. Yes which has some of his music in it. And also it's fitting based on the fact that I'll that dude sucks at acting. i secret. <laughs> uh, I am sorry to tell you, Tyson Ritter, you're not very good at acting, but like, you're an okay band. You got it. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, speaking of good acting, I really did enjoy Anna Faris and uh, Emma Stone in this movie. I yeah. thought like the things that they did with their faces were really good. I, I think that they had a lot of chemistry together too on screen, which is something I've complained about with a lot of these other movies. And like both of them were strong in their own ways in this movie, so uh, it really helped carry it through. Yeah, I think uh, Anna Ferris is really just not in enough movies. Is something I think. Uh, I agree. Yeah. Like I was saying uh, when we watched it that. Her character in Observe and Report is fantastic. Um, she has plays like an extremely trashy mall worker who uh, doesn't give Seth Rogen the time of day and then ends up throwing up in his face, which is great. Um, but really, I, I would want more comedic roles that center around her because she seems to really go for it and do well, even if I find a, in general, like ditzy acting um like a little bit grating after a while mm-hmm. just in movies it's the same reason i couldn't oh, what is that movie the movie or show about uh the the style magazine oh devil wears prada yeah i think that's it maybe you cut out for a little bit beforehand so i'm not 100 percent sure but <laughs> i said the devil wears prada yeah i think that might be it i'm not 100 percent sure there's a few of those that i don't know i don't like really any show that has like it's this is a little nikki character for me <laughs> they just don't get what's going on too well uh sorry i, I went down a little bit of a rabbit hole here because i wondered I, I know that a lot of young um talented actresses have kind of been pushed out of the industry because of sexual harassment so i wanted to see if she had had a similar experience and and yeah I mean, she did uh she was uh sexually harassed on set um, she didn't name who the person was, but she got slapped on the ass and, um, was 
was told that the only reason that she got hired, or one of the reasons that she got hired was because of her great legs. Um, and yeah, that's, yeah, I, I want to look into that a little bit more, but I just didn't even think about that until just now. Yeah, that's, uh, it seems to be in like every industry that yeah. people kind of uh, are pieces of shit and predators. Um, um, but yeah, I, I also know that it wasn't long after this movie that she would have married Chris Pratt and had a kid, right? Yeah, that that would be like 2010, I think, so. Mm, that's they're, right. I forgot that they were married. Yeah, they're divorced now, but yeah, they definitely yeah. got married and had a kid around this time. Yeah. Um, I want to get into some of the themes that I noticed in the movie. I mean, the, the, the movie is not super deep on any real level, but the, I think the biggest theme you see in movies and I, a um the the same very similar themes to the other movies that these writers have written um is that is the idea of like what femininity means what does it mean to be a woman um especially someone who you might call like very feminine like Anna Ferris's character is someone you might call very feminine um just like you would say like Elle Woods from Legally Blonde is a very feminine character um, and how those stereotypes can negatively impact them. So for Elle Woods, forgive me for talking about Legally Blonde, the negative stereotype on her is that she is, she's super feminine, she wears a lot of pink, she's blonde, she's ditzy, she's stupid. And a lot of that is the same for Anna Faris's character in this movie, except you're also adding the caveat that she is a slut, is how people perceive her. Uh, so I really think what this movie is trying to say is that, okay, so um, her whole life, like the only time she's ever felt accepted is because people like her because of her body and because she's attractive. Uh, and even though she has, like she puts on a pretty good front like for the whole movie, but that can be very detrimental to your self-esteem. Uh, I mean, she is absolutely devastated when she thinks she's been kicked out of the house because she's 27 now and is too old. Um, and so her outlook on what it means to be valuable as a woman is to be young and attractive, but really her value uh, of being a woman is this incredible sisterhood that she brings to the table i noticed throughout the movie how good she is at delivering negative news to people she does that like the she does the like let's try this she never says anything mean to anybody in the whole movie um she's always like she's really good in this movie about bringing people together and uplifting them um, which I think is one of those really great positive aspects about femininity and womanhood is, is the idea of sisterhood. Um, but she still has this ingrained patriarchy in, in, in her mind because she thinks that their value as women and as a sorority, therefore, is their value in attracting men. So she, you know, she sexes them up, basically. And they're not happy doing that either. That's very, that's not who they are. So also like with the date with Oliver, she thinks that she has to swing all the way to the other side and be completely like unsexed basically. And she has to be super ultra smart and she can't really be herself. But she doesn't see like the idea of changing 
based on what you think a man wants for you is not what being a woman is about. That's that's the that's the value that that patriarchy has put on you. Yeah, and I kind of rambled on that, but I think you no. Got but it. I was gonna say I I saw a lot of the the fact that going on what you said, she not only doesn't really uh she deals negative news well and doesn't ever like say something bad about other people until the very end where she learns to stand up for herself a bit um yeah but even then she doesn't really say anything mean i mean she just calls the lady a backstabbing bitch which she was yes um she did backstab uh she's specifically avoiding conflict through a lot of the movie too Mm -hmm. until near the end um Mm -hmm. they don't try to just face the problem head on they try to find a way around it a lot um, Which is until, a thing. Yeah. That's a thing that women are taught. Yes. You know? Yeah. I know I have the instinct to avoid conflict a lot. And when, like, when I was in high school and stuff and I didn't avoid com- conflict, I was labeled a bitch. My nickname in high school was Bitchica. I am not joking. That's a good one. I'm going to start saying that. Yeah. I embraced it. I'm a, I mean, I, I've been praised multiple times in my lifetime for being an asshole because. When I see behavior I don't like, I bring it to the forefront of the conversation and try to shame people out of places, you know, like yeah, when you're see, being skeevy towards women or something like that. Or picking a lime up off the floor. Well, the, it was fucking 2.30 <laughs> in the morning and the <laughs> dude used his bare hand to pick a lime off the floor and then throw it at someone else. <laughs> if that's not getting your ass kicked, nothing is. You, see, don't, you don't touch dirty limes. A, a woman would never be praised for being an asshole, you know, like by, yeah, by mean, general society. It's, I, it's yeah. I would also say that a lot of what I do is not being an asshole. It's just that I'm willing to be abrasive in places that people are willing to let bad behavior slide. You're and assertive. You're assertive with that. And you're, you're, you're willing to butt heads with somebody and, and be, be a little pushy to, you know, to do things. Yeah. I'm um, also willing to just like have people not like me in order to not let something happen yeah i've done that a hundred times i don't really care much um and i think that that's something that a lot of like i can get away with it because i'm a 6'2 white man like you don't really get away with it that well when you're you know not yeah Mm -hmm. but yeah and i think that the movie actually does handle like that ingrained patriarchy uh it like in the movie very well i think that it's it, they don't discuss it very openly, but it is certainly there, um, and I think it's held, handled pretty elegantly um, and and subtly, even at times. Um, and another thing with the femininity um, is this idea of competition. Um, you you probably like the stereotype of the mean girl. Uh, I mean, there's a whole movie about this competitive nature of of women, especially young women. Uh, and I, 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 it's definitely a stereotype, but it's also very true. You do see it a lot where, where girls feel like, and women feel like in order to be good or to stand out or to have value, they need to lower the value of other women in their circle. And you see this in two places in this movie. You see that with Cassandra, the, the mean girl at the Playboy Mansion, who um, she wants the centerfold. So her way of getting the centerfold is not by elevating herself. It's by pushing uh, Shelly down and kicking her out of the house, essentially. Um, so there's that competition. 
And there's the competition with Phi, Iota, Mu versus Zeta. Um, and like being nasty and, and, and mean just to get their sorority house. Cause the, I don't know if I mentioned it in the plot, Phi, Phi, Iota, Mu wants their house because they're expanding. Um, yeah. but or, yeah, even if that's an empty threat, whatever, it's yeah. just them talking about how rich and powerful they are and how not rich and powerful the other people are. Exactly. And just the, the idea of this competition, uh, it is not solved by getting back at either person, mm-hmm. you know, Shelly doesn't get revenge on Cassandra, right? And yeah. Phi Iota Mu doesn't. Uh, sorry, Zeta doesn't get revenge on Phi Iota Mu. They don't. They don't even do any like pranking. They are only trying to lift themselves up. Yeah. Um, Phi Mu and, does prank them. I've yes. decided to take the Iota out of it because I hope one uh, person gets offended by that. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I really liked that they didn't fall into that that trope of sorority fraternity movies, mostly fraternity movies, where like, yeah, oh, they prank pranked war. us. Let's let's get back at them. Which it's not about that. I, I do think if uh, if anyone hasn't seen it, the It's Always Sunny episode called "The Gang Re- Reignites the Rivalry" is the best take on that idea I've ever seen. Um, and it's it's just all about how that is such a old and like outdated idea that you would start pranking each other like when <laughs> there's real consequences to that yeah that people get like absolutely like they like start calling the cops instantly and are extremely worried about the behavior of the people around them and mm-hmm. i i just love it it's a good episode <laughs> they do they do satire in a way most people only wish they could i think yeah i think that's true they are they are very astute at the satire yeah. uh um so do you want to talk about this uh, last bit about whether they are for or against Playboy as a whole and what that means? <laughs> yeah, it's really hard for me to say because some of the things that Shelley has said throughout, like that Shelley says throughout the movie really put into, they, they really highlight some of the, the exploitation that goes on at places like Play, at the Playboy Mansion. Mm-hmm. Um, like that, you know, it's a bunch of old guys sexualizing women. Old she doesn't rich really, men and yes. powerful men, as uh, one person points out. Mm-hmm. She, when she is told by a person in power, when she's told by the cop. By the way, cops are portrayed yeah. negatively again in this. All right, I want to point out, too, <laughs> something I find interesting. Not only are the cops always portrayed negatively, they always have the same actor portray cops. And it's Dan Patrick, who's just like on ESPN. He's just a sports commentator who's willing to be a bad cop in every Happy Madison movie. That's so interesting. He's, real quick, because I know, like, that's a weird aside. Dan Patrick plays a cop in, so far, uh, The Waterboy, The Longest Yard, The Benchwarmers, I Now Pronounce You Chuck and Larry, and The House Bunny. Wow, that's a lot. Yeah, just, like, it's weird. He plays a cop in these movies all the time. Yeah, I, I want to just take a brief aside from what I was saying there about whether this movie is anti-Playboy. When Shelly is kicked out of the house, she has nowhere to go. She has to stay in her car, and she is brushing her teeth, and the cop is already getting out of his car. There's not really a reason to come approach her car. And she spits because she's brushing her teeth, and he cites her ticket for spitting. Um, and then she says she was just brushing her teeth. He looks in the back and sees that 
she was sleeping in her car and asks if she was sleeping in her car. He issues her a ticket for that, which, by the way, actual laws in actual real-life American cities make it illegal for you to live in your car. It criminalizes homelessness. Yeah, criminalizing homelessness is a good way for the police to uh, be able to victimize poor people when they're not actually breaking laws or hurting anyone. Exactly. Um, That's just a real thing that happens, ACAB. Yes. Also, when she spits out her toothpaste stuff, the liquid's brown. I just want to point that out. It was really gross. Yeah, I don't know what was up with that. (laughs) Yeah, I think she just probably had like a mouthful of coffee or something. But like, (laughs) I noticed. Yeah, I Um, noticed too. And I was trying to figure out what she was brushing her teeth with. But it was just normal toothpaste. Anyway, um, and then he asks, after she says her real story, he asks her to get out of the car and take a breathalyzer. And as I was saying, like, the first person in a position of power who says, blow this, she thinks it means give him some, give him a sexual favor. Yeah. And um, that really highlights, like, what that dynamic was for her mm -hmm. back at the mansion. Yeah, I think overall, they, they're negative on a lot of the behavior um, that's linked to stuff like Playboy. But I don't think they inherently dislike or negatively portray sexualization for money, basically. No, I don't think that they um, do that at all. In fact, I think it's the opposite. The people who who say that she's a prostitute or say that she's a slut, they are the villains in the movie, and they are, and she is constantly proving them wrong. Yeah. Um, I also, because, the, so there's three aspects I'm thinking of. One, she's, you know, a Playboy bunny. Mm-hmm. Two, uh, the when she goes to jail, she talks to actual prostitutes who see her as the same as them Mm -hmm. and three she gets the girls to sell a uh a A calendar a calendar yeah i'm trying i was trying to think of the right level of like a lewd calendar yeah um and like i don't think anyone i mean whatever super religious people aren't listening to us so i don't think anyone thinks that like a lewd calendar is doing any harm Um, no but, but you like, can already you can already see the double standard though because yeah. in I now pronounce you Chet and Larry they also did a lewd calendar for an AIDS charity. Mm-hmm. No one is going to like look at the guys in a in like a fireman's calendar and say like oh those sluts. Yeah. But like as soon as a woman displays her sexuality, you can see the double standard. Well, what I was going with um, is more so the. These are three levels of what are inherently the same thing, um, like selling your body, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know a lot of people don't agree necessarily with this idea, but I I don't see that much of a difference between doing, you know, like, I, th- I consider it all sex industry, basically. You know, whether you're yeah. selling pictures of your body or nude or like having sex, whatever, it's all different ranges in the same job. I don't know if that's necessarily fair. But I know what you're I, I saying, though. Yeah, I, I think what we're supposed to see is where where would we put the limit on it? Because they're really like, when is it immoral? When is it bad? Because, mm-hmm. you know, that's what they're basically trying to, I think, point out is, is it when you're, you know, a prostitute in jail? Is it when you're a Playboy bunny? Is it when you're selling a calendar? Is it when you're wearing more makeup than you normally would to look good outside? Mm hmm. 
Um, Actually, I think that this movie is very sex positive, actually. Well, that's what I was saying. Uh, Yeah. You could see that in a sex negative way, but I I see it the opposite. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I'm a... I'm a all that stuff should be legalized and regularized and unionized type person. Mm-hmm. Um, not a, you know, you should wear a sweater type. <laughs> yeah. And, and like like I was saying, too, like the, the sex positivity, you can see it. Um, Anna, Anna Ferris' character, uh, she is not a virgin. She she doesn't say that she's not. But like when um, uh, Emma Stone character asks her something about virginity she like kind of pretends to make her feel a little bit more secure but they all they don't shame emma stone for being a virgin she she's only excited because now they can have a a sacrifice of virgin party um (laughs) where they just dump her in jello yeah it's not it's not pressuring her to have sex there's no pressure for emma stone to have sex um there's there's no shaming from the good characters there's no shaming of um, Anna Ferris's character, and there is a single mother. There's a pregnant woman in the sorority, and there there are never any like like jokes about jokes. that. Yes, she, she makes only, jokes she about makes, pregnancy, but yeah, she says, "Be careful what you study," and she points at her belly, and it's just a friendly joke, like just friendly ribbing, and it's the pregnant lady making that joke. There's never any. There's never a look at the slutty single pregnant mom teenage whatever you know she's actually i think the one who has the most fun in the movie too because she gets like really into the karaoke and everything yeah well uh she's an american (laughs) idol finalist oh yeah (laughs) i didn't know that (laughs) that's why they had her sing um but uh yeah that's is there anything else to this movie i mean it's it's pretty yeah it it was thematically well written so it's again one of the ones we almost don't have to talk about as much yeah, the one thing I do want to talk about, um, just I know I mentioned it before that the writers of this movie did 10 Things I Hate About You and Taming of the Shrew. Taming of the Shrew is the most sexist Shakespeare play. I read it again recently, I reread it, and it is like it is so sexist that it's hard to get through. Essentially, Catherine is forced into a marriage against her will. She's called a uh, She's called a bitch the entire time, um, but in Shakespearean terms, she's called a shrew. Um, And it's just horribly, horribly sexist. But these writers took that story and they, 10 Things I Hate About You, um, which is Taming the Shrew, they turned that into something that's actually pretty empowering and feminist. Um, And the same thing kind of goes with... um, the other movie that they adapted, uh, Twelfth Night, which uh, became She's the Man, is is there an adaptation of it? Yeah. Um, and in Twelfth uh, Twelfth Night and She's the Man, it really plays with gender roles and and gender identity. So I I think like these writers are very smart. They're able to adapt these comedies in ways that feel very fresh. They don't even really feel like if you didn't know that they were Shakespearean adaptations, they can feel very fresh, and I really like that about a lot of these um, these what you might call ditzy girl genre movies, mm-hmm. like even Clueless, which is another um, Shakespeare adaptation. Or sorry, Clueless is Emma. I'm, I'm it's it's a it's a different um, classic lit adaptation. But the idea of taking 
a genre that is seen as less valuable because it's for women, like this kind of, you know, like Legally Blonde or, or even the House Bunny now, and 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 making it more broadly appealing um, while at the same time taking, um, you know, taking notes from classic literature. I think that's very smart, and I'm very happy that that exists. And it exists now in the Happy Madison universe. Well, on that point, I think... Uh... As far as we're saying, what what we learn about uh, Am Sand learned this. Mm-hmm. The most interesting thing I found about this is this is the first case I can see of someone going to Happy Madison and pitching a movie that had been turned down apparently about twenty times before, okay. and they said, "Yeah, sounds good. We'll make it." And then they produced it. So they weren't involved in the writing of this like really at all, except for obviously they have some cameos from some Happy Madison crew. Um, although that might have been like, hey. Don't worry about casting someone for, like, waiter in this scene. We'll just throw Alan Cover in there. He's going to be there producing it anyway. Uh-huh. And, like, you want a funny guy to be the Playboy shoot? That's uh, Nick Swardson. Nick Swardson. For sure. <laughs> Normal I think cop. Nick Swardson yeah. should have been Marvin, though. He yes. would have been a much better Marvin. He would have been a great Marvin. <laughs> um, Nick Swardson does himbo better than anyone I know. Oh, yeah. I want a shirt that says that. You think he would... I bet he would sell that shirt if uh, if I threw that to him. I'll tweet I it at him. I think so. I think so. But uh, so it's interesting seeing basically a a movie that Anna Ferris wanted made. Um, she's the one who came up with the idea of what would happen to a Playboy bunny when they're kicked out of the mansion. Had two female writers, uh, you know, write it. They went to this production company, and like it's it's a little strange that Adam Sandler and Alan Cover are the ones to pick it up. Um, but, like, they yeah. did. And then it was a pretty decent movie overall. Yeah. So. I, I think that's really cool. And I, I'm going to go back to these writers because I really want to give them props. Kirsten Smith and uh, Karen McCullough. Yeah, it looks like they they're... are, like, okay, all of their movies are, like, directed, like, like oriented toward women. And a lot of them are adapted from novels written by women i think that's really cool i just i just really like that that is is there is there are people like that in the film industry doing cool stuff that's all that's all i have to say about that (laughs) Uh, Um, i also learned though about adam sandler that uh you know i've been suspecting it but he definitely likes to be slapped and pinched during sex that turns him on yeah we got more there's a lot of titty twisting (laughs) there's multiple times he's been slapped and said that might give him a boner um if i ever meet him I might give him a light tap so he'll remember me fondly. <laughs> yeah. Well, on that note, I think I think we're we're done here, huh? Yeah, I think so. so what are what are we watching tomorrow? You want to know what we're watching tomorrow? What we're watching tomorrow is God. It's loading for a long time. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> was that all stalling? Yeah, vamping I was, I was so vamping. the page could load. It's, <laughs> Bedtime stories. Um, is that a kids' movie? I don't know. I have never even heard of it, so I'm going into this. It sounds fresh. like a kids' movie, so we're probably watching a kids' movie. Um, and then next two days after that are up there, dude. Oh, we're gonna have some times. Alex, I just looked at the um, the Wikipedia for this, and it's a fantasy comedy film. Interesting. I don't. And I don't it's, know. it's written. I, no, it's written by. Don't tell me anymore. Don't tell me anymore. I want to go into it clean. Okay. I don't okay. want no spoilers. 
if uh, if anyone doesn't know this about me, I will not watch trailers for movies. Uh, I find it ruins the experience. I don't like when people tell me about things about movies. Um, and I just have a few people whose opinions I really trust. And if they say a movie's good, I just go see it. <laughs> More people should be willing to not look too much into what media they're about to get into. Because it's more fun that way. I'm just, that's all I'm saying. Uh, and well, on that note, you, go watch all nine Fast and Furiouses in a row. It's a fucking ride. Uh, the plural for that is Fast and Furii, so. Oh, sorry. Um, <laughs> uh, you can find this podcast at Laugh at Him Pod on Twitter. Uh, you can also find our games at wannabegames.com. Uh, I, I guess the closest game that we have to this one would be our high school very special episode drama oh yeah game. very special episode would be like this um yeah it's a good one we've made special cards for it you can accidentally have uh drama events happen like you get addicted to the weeds and then your pastor finds out oh no <laughs> uh you can we also have a Patreon at patreon.com slash wannabegames, but instead, why don't you donate to the charity Women Make Movies? They support women-identified filmmakers who are actively fundraising for um, their movies. Uh, and, you know, they, they support feminist films and anti-racist films. Uh, I don't know too much more about their their charity, but uh, give, them, give them a look and, and see what they're all about and you know, get more women in the film industry. Uh, yeah. You can see me tweet about feminism at Joska on Twitter. You can see me tweet about the Fast and the Furious um, and how I once wrote a TTRPG-related thing to that. We did. We did do that. Uh, uh, I, was ta- I was talking about, about the slammers and the pogs. Oh, I was talking about contractually obligated to be extreme <laughs> both are good yeah <laughs> uh well I'm, I'm gonna change my twitter profile to in america anything is possible congratulations to president-elect barack obama and vice president-elect joe biden and please take my wife if you had if you had said that take my wife got elected i, I think it would have hit harder yeah again they can't all be winners alex I gotta have a couple duds, just like Adam Sandler movies, okay? <laughs> <laughs>